I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As we want to use that Auburn Bank phone line to bring on our next guest here on the program. Good friend of the show here in the Auburn area. It's our good buddy Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live and On 3 Sports. Kind enough to join us here on today's program. Hoke, we certainly do appreciate your time. How are things in your world going? Good, man. They're doing well. How are things going with you guys on this Monday? Uh, it's a great Monday for us. Excited to be back in the office. Uh, here we are. It's talking season officially in the old radio world, and so we figured we welcome you into the party. Let's talk with baseball first and just kind of reflecting back on the run that this team had, being able to make it all the way to Omaha. I mean, how special was that for Butch Thompson and his club with what they were able to accomplish? Yeah, it's pretty special. I mean, you think about it sinking in now a week later, um, the final National College Baseball Writers Association poll comes out. Auburn finishes sixth, which is wild because that puts them fourth in the SEC behind Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Texas A&M, um, but ahead of Tennessee, which is wild. But, yeah. you know, finished sixth in the country in, in baseball when when people were picking you seventh in the West um, is 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 – quite remarkable uh quite a remarkable feat um and so um yeah i mean it's uh it was it was quite quite the season i think i think what you want to see now is can they can they use it and catapult their success now over the last three four years into the recruiting side and can they land some can they land some studs in high school and get them to campus and could they land some transfers some stud transfers they got a couple that came in but who can they get on the recruiting trail um, some big bats, big strong guys, big time pitchers. I think they do a great job developing. Um, but I think you look at some of these teams in the SEC. I think the talent they're bringing in is maybe just a tick better than Auburn. So let's see if they can capitalize on it. But man, um, what a transition! I mean, I think it was like a revolutionary year really for this program and what Butch and them have done. It was different than the one three four years ago. That was a surprise. This one, they hosted a regional and went to Oregon State and went a Super Regional. This, this I won a game in Omaha. This felt more legitimate than even the trip a few years ago that surprised some people. So it, it feels like a, a corner's been turned, and now let's see if they can keep it, keep it rolling. Uh, when you're looking at this roster, obviously there's going to be some turnover, but uh, when you're looking at some of the guys, what they did this year and what their prospects are moving forward, a guy like Blake Burkhalter maybe have made himself a lot of money with his performance in the postseason. Uh, and then a guy like Sonny DeSherry, you think he's most likely going to be going. What do you see the prospects uh, for guys like Burkhalter and Deshara? Yeah, I have to think Deshara probably goes pro. Uh, I'm curious to see where he gets drafted now because he's an interesting prospect. I mean, bigger guy, first base, great eye. Did did get fooled a little bit late in the year. I think teams figured out. and He struggled a little bit with some of that away stuff, so – um, but he's such a good hitter that once he gets that figured out, I'm curious to see what where teams sort of look at him as far as a draft prospect. But I have to think he'll go. I mean, I, I don't know what more he could do. I mean, you know, I, I almost think if he came back, he, he'd hurt himself. I don't see how he could follow this year up 
um, doing that again in the SEC. So I'd have to think he'll go he'll go ahead and go pro. And Burkhalter's an interesting one too. I mean, he was just unbelievably dominant over the last 20, 30 innings of this season, especially in the postseason, was incredible. I mean, those two, um, you know, two-plus innings against Oregon State and two-plus innings against um, Stanford uh, were remarkable. I mean, he just absolutely blew the opponents away. So um, he's another guy that I think will probably have a big decision to make, big decision to make on where he gets drafted. He's a guy that could potentially come back, but it all depends on where he goes. Deshar is a guy that I don't see coming back. Justin Hokinson here with us from Auburn Live and on three sports talking about the magical run that the Auburn baseball team went on was very competitive played well on the road throughout the SEC season dominated their regional you go to Corvallis and win the Oregon State regional before ultimately falling in Omaha did pick up one win there at the College World Series but ousted by Arkansas and of course Ole Miss goes on to win the national championship how can you put into words just how significant the fact that Butch Thompson is the head coach of this program that they've been now to the College World Series in 2019 and 2022 just what does this baseball team's success do for the rest of Auburn athletics as a whole and and really just how great has Butch Thompson been well Butch is I mean he's fantastic I mean you hear the you hear the comments from from these players and they could not respect and admire him more than they do um it's it's really awesome to hear and you get that sense when you talk to him he's such a humble um hard-working guy he, he's a he's really a perfect fit for for auburn and the culture at auburn um and i think i think the success of the baseball team i, I mean honestly you know you combine that with the success of the basketball team and i think you know where the pressure goes um and that's to the football team i mean those are your three main revenue sports and so um, I think it puts some pressure on Brian Harson. Um, I, funny, I joked with somebody the other day. I said if football could just get going, they could make some amazing killer B T-shirts um, <laughs> between Bruce Bush and and uh, Brian and, and Brian. Um, but they got to get that third one going. So I think it just puts the pressure on the football program. Honestly, the success of baseball and basketball um, to get that to get that going. But yeah, Butch is. You know, I think I think what he did this year. It's different, different levels, basketball and baseball. You know, the dynamics. Auburn has more history in baseball than they did in basketball. And, but, but, but what Butch has now done is, is similar in terms of endearing himself to the, to the, to the Auburn program, the fans, um, kind of becoming an untouchable type coach. He's sort of become that the same way Bruce has. I mean, there's nothing that Butch could do, really. This, he could kind of do no wrong at this point. I don't think you know, the way he's got that baseball program going and the consistency – um, he's sort of on that same level as Bruce in terms of we're good. Like, don't even talk to me. We're, we got our guy, and we love him, and he's a fit, and there's there's not much he could do wrong at the moment. Here we are talking with Justin Hokinson again from Auburn Live and on three sports as we shift gears a little bit. Want to touch on basketball real quickly. The NBA draft has come and gone. Jabari Smith goes three to Houston. Walker Kessler going 22nd overall. Man, we live in a world where Auburn had two first-round draft selections. Pretty significant, and now a lot of roster turnover as Auburn gets set for next season, Justin. Yeah, yeah it'll be, a, it'll be a, um, an, interesting, um, an interesting transition into this, to this team. You know, Jabari and Walker were, those, were just studs. I mean, they were most of the time when you go out there on the court individually – they were two of the better players on the on the on the floor, if not the two best players on the floor, just individually. 
um, this year it won't it won't be that for Auburn as a team, and they're they're going to have to win and they're going to win and lose more as a team. And you know you have you got some really good players, but you're not walking out there with the number one with two first rounders. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I kind of I kind of wrote about a couple of weeks ago at Auburn Live about sort of what this team would look like, kind of what the roster would look like, and and you know it's I sort of tried to compare it to. Um, Moneyball, in the sense that you're losing Jabari Smith and Walker, right? You're you're not going to replace those guys one for one. You're not going to bring in another Jabari, and you're not going to bring in another Walker. Um, but what you can do is is try to mimic some of the production. You know, Johnny Broom was the third best shot blocker in the country. He's got at this point in college, he's probably got a better offensive game than Walker um, did. Certainly, it'll they'll showcase it more. Um, and so you're, you know, defensive rebounding, you'll get, I think you'll get similar production there. You won't get the same kind of overall defensive presence that Walker Kessler um, presented where teams just didn't even want to try layups a lot of times. But, but I think Johnny Broom, uh, Jalen Williams, I think those guys can produce similar results across the board. And then you look at Jabari, same thing. How do you replace his scoring? Well, Chance Westry will score. Uh, Johnny Broom will score. You want, you know, you want Traor to score. Hopefully, the guards take a step up in their production, and hopefully, you can fill the gap scoring there. I think the big question is three-point shooting. Who's going to be your forty-plus percent three-point shooter? Can you get that from the from from the team? Can you get that? And can you get that guy that you can dump it to one-on-one? And he's going to get you a basket. A lot of people are wondering if Alan Flanagan can return to his sophomore form. We'll see. But I think that's probably the only thing. That you're looking at and going, how do you replace that? How do you talk? Who do you toss it to on the elbow and just say good work? You know, they might not have that guy. It's going to be a little bit different. But the goal is, can we can we can we get the same kind of production in terms of block shots, rebounding, um, and, and efficiency shooting the three point basket? How do we sort of fill those needs? And it's just going to be more of a more of a committee, I think, this year. And that's what's just so hard to figure out because you're talking about the success of this team and two first round picks. Again, it had never happened before that Auburn loses two guys to the NBA draft in the first round from the same season. And while we talk about the defensive versatility and greatness of Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith's three-point shooting, the ability for one guy to get you a bucket at any given moment is so critical. And even still, the need for a three-point shooter that's greater than 40%, Justin, is amazing. But there were times last season where even that 40-point shooter from three wasn't enough because it goes beyond just one man. And Auburn greatly, I think, needs to take a step forward all the way around in terms of that three-point production that we see. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think that's the biggest question mark. Um, I think you hope that, you know, hope that Wendell has an opportunity to take a little bit higher percentage shots right. than, than he did last year. You hope that you hope that Zip Jasper maybe got a little confident shooting the ball and maybe he becomes a guy that will will pop will pop it if it's open um, and look to take that shot. KD Johnson's another guy that I would watch. I mean, I think, I think late in the year, you know, if, you, if people remember, he got that wrist injury at Georgia, and I think people forget that 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 really did. We didn't talk about it a lot. I mean, you didn't hear him. Nobody, nobody was complaining about it publicly, but it, it was an issue the rest of the year. Um, and I, and if, in the numbers and how he played would would absolutely back that up. And so I think um, I think he's a guy to watch too. That he's going to come back completely healthy. Let's see what he's like shooting the basketball because he was. He was a much better shooter, and then he had that injury, and he became, you know, he just he couldn't he, he couldn't do anything consistently. It kind of messed him up, and he couldn't get back on track. So, let's see if he if if, if he can kind of come back strong. Leor Berman's another guy that I think is going to play more this year. You you know, Bruce Pearl talked about last year, Leor, him probably should have 
he probably should have played Lior more. Right. And I think Berman's going to get more minutes this year, and he was a 40-plus percent three-point shooter. Now, he's not going to go in there and shoot five a game, but, you know, if he can if he can get some looks, he's a pretty good shooter, and I think will help that percentage as well. Justin Hokinson here with us again. Follow him on Twitter, at underscore Jay Hokinson. Want to shift one more time. We'll talk football and get you out of here here on this Monday. As the Tigers get set, we're 68 days away from Auburn and Mercer inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. You posted a story around lunchtime today for the Auburn Live subscribers, Justin, as you're sitting there projecting success, Auburn's most important players going into the season. You've been doing this for a few days, a few weeks at this point. How do you start a project like this, Justin? Did you start from the back and work forward? How do, Take us inside that. Yeah, probably start from the top and okay. then, you know, try to get through a list of and just keep going and probably try to get you a list of about 35. You know, I kind of was trying to – what we're doing is, is sort of looking at the most important players, which from my perspective is different than the best. I'm looking at talent, yes, but also, you know, how important are they to the depth chart? What's their value to the team? I mean, uh, a player – you could have – I mean, for instance, Jarquez Hunter is the second best running back, but he might be so, – so he's going to play behind Tank, but he might be more valuable than a whole bunch of starters. So um, – just for instance. So right. you know, just trying to get about 35 guys and then trying to just sort of mix and match and figure out kind of what the order should be is, is the toughest part as you go through there. But we've done about three installments so far. Um, from We started at 32, and I think we're down to about 18 right now, just kind of looking at, at the most important players. Um, today was 18 through 22, and so now you're going to start getting into starters, and it's just ranking ranking uh starters and, and, and where they land but it's i think it's a cool way to go through and just sort of refreshing up on who are going to be the guys that help auburn win football games this year in in a big way and i think the further you go up the list obviously the the more important they are um probably will have you know zach calzada slash tj finley at one just because whoever whoever that is is just crucial right <laughs> just so crucial um and some of those you know you know papo you know colby wood and Derek hall like those guys are paramount they're superstars on a team that doesn't have a ton of them uh, but then i think when you get past that list it's kind of fun to look at who is who's going to really be the most important to winning football games so it's been a fun project you wish you could just list quarterback uh for number one and yeah. not, not have to get into the mind of, of who that projection is going to be for sure well we were just talking it's fitting that we're here and again you've got to check out auburnlive.com and i cannot get over the fact that there's still one whole year for one single dollar. I mean, that's a hundred cents folks that you can get access to Auburn live. So make sure you check that out with on three sports. We're just talking about true impact and it's something that's open for interpretation, but you rattled off a couple of guys right there. When you do look at sort of most impactful football players for Auburn and what they're going to be able to do, I guess, production wise, who are some of the names out there for this season, Justin? What was it again? Sorry, you broke up. I said, what the, the, just the most impactful players for this Auburn football team. And, and we talk about the interpretation that can go with that. We were talking about this a little bit earlier in the program as well. And I don't want to steal all the pub because the story's coming out here in just a few weeks or days, I should say. But but who are the most impactful players, you think, for Auburn going into 2022? Yeah, I think past the quarterback, which, you know, that's just obvious. Whoever wins that job, I mean, it's just it's so crucial to winning football games, especially these this day and age in college football. Um, you obviously have Colby Wood and Derek Hall and Owen Papo, I think, are, are critical. They're three of your better players. They're on the defensive side of the ball where Auburn's going to need to be really good because you're not sure what the offense is going to look like. Derek Hall and Colby Wood are going to have to be fantastic. But, I mean, I look at somebody like Wesley Siner, 
and, and Cam Riley, who I think are probably both in the top ten. They're guys that don't have a lot of experience, but but they're going to probably start at linebacker. So those guys are going to be critical, critical to what that defense looks like. And and I, I don't know. I haven't seen them play a ton. So I'm I'm a little bit, um, you know, I want to see what they're all about. I like what I've heard. I think they have some great attributes. But those two guys I think are, are super critical. Um, somebody like Marcus Harris. Um, you know, you know what you've got in Derek Hall and Colby Wooden, but Marcus Harris was a pretty productive player last year. Um, pretty strong guy that you can kind of move up and down the line. He comes back now for another year. He might be a guy to watch out for in terms of what kind of jump, um, what kind of jump he could make. And then I look on the offensive side, and I think those offensive tackles are are just are huge. I mean, probably you could you can obviously make the case across the line, but I would go Troxel and, and Killian Zaire probably as the top two offensive linemen in terms of their importance because it's just that tackle position those guys have got to hold up and be really good against the speed rushers for whoever the quarterback is going to be this year those two guys are going to have to be um just really really good um and so so i think offensively those two tackles followed by nick brahms probably somewhere there thereafter um in, in terms of importance so i think it's not just talent but it's those positions where those guys have to stand up to the pressure and they have to no come kidding. through or, or we could talk about receivers. We could talk about some of these other guys all day. If, if, if somebody like Killian Zaire doesn't stand up and somebody like Marcus Harris doesn't take a next step up or somebody like, you know, we talked about today, Jason Jones maybe doesn't take a step up in the depth in terms of depth, the defensive tackle, then a lot of that other stuff's not going to matter. Terrific. Great stuff. Make sure you go check out AuburnLife.com and On3Sports. Justin, tell us this. Do you and the family have a vacation planned at all for these next few weeks while you enjoy a little bit of time off or no? You full ground going. Yeah, not, not really. Maybe try to get somewhere. We have media days end of July. Yeah. So maybe try to get somewhere right after that before fall camp gets going would be ideal. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's you're about to be, uh, we're about to be in July and we got a month and then it, and then fall camp starts and there are no days off, as they say. That's right. Well, keep working your tail off. We know that you do that. And again, we thank you so much for the time today. Appreciate you stopping by the show, Justin. No problem. Thank you guys for having me.